It's nearly football season, baby. Rossi Pussy Packer Nation. Welcome to an episode of Pancast, the podcast where you don't have to do Packers but it sure does help. I'm your host, Tom. Let's talk about the Packers. Grossi, and today we are going to talk about the honest, realistic expectations that I have and that many Packers fans have for this year's team. Because there is a lot of uncertainty, there is some room for concern, there's some room for optimism, and I kind of just wanted to give an overview about how I'm looking at this iteration of the Green Bay Packers and taking a look at like what their ceiling could be, what to expect from the offense, the defense, and how the Packers can use this year to springboard themselves into the future, regardless of who their QB is. So... Let's start off with the basics here. This is already a pivotal moment for the Green Bay Packers because for the first time in over 30 years, a man not named Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers will be the starting quarterback this September for the Packers. And yeah, we've had other starting guys before. Of course, Matt Flynn, Brett Huntley. I'm pretty sure Seneca Wallace either started or came in during a game at some point. But the point is that this is Jordan Love's team. And as soon as Aaron Rodgers got traded in this offseason... The negativity began because we currently do not know what we have in Jordan Love. Just like this entire episode and the entire outlook of the Packers, there's room for concern, there's room for optimism, and there are a whole lot of question marks. And we'll talk about Jordan Love in more depth in a moment. But for me as a Packers fan, this is a crazy moment because I grew up with Brett Favre, and then in my later years, it went to Aaron Rodgers, and now this is really just the third time I am going to see a different starting QB this September. So just historically, this is a pretty darn big moment. So gonna try to take it in, whatever it's going to look like. But it's not just about Jordan Love, because there are jobs and legacies that are also tied to his performance. You look at Brian Gutekunst and the decision that they made and the decision that him and Matt LaFleur made to draft Jordan Love in the first round in 2020. And of course, that selection caused some emotion from Packers fans. And just like in 2020, I didn't hate Jordan Love. I just didn't like the pick because we went to the NFC Championship game. Yes, we overachieved, but there wasn't a lot done to help that team right now. And here we are three years later, Jordan Love is about to be the starter. And speaking of Matt LaFleur, that is one of the most interesting storylines coming into this season. What is his offense going to look like? Is there going to be a heavier dose of... Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon? Are they going to utilize the run more? Are they going to utilize their speedy receivers? Are you going to see a bunch of jet sweeps with Christian Watson? The fact that they just drafted two tight ends is pretty big, and I imagine that those tight ends are going to be very busy, but again, the transition from college to the NFL is very difficult for tight ends because not only do you need to know blocking schemes, you need to know passing formations, etc. There's a lot of things to do. But the point is that we may see a very different offense than we're used to seeing from the Packers because it might not be so pass-heavy because we don't have Aaron Rodgers anymore. And as Rasul Douglas said on a recent podcast appearance, 
Jordan Love does not need to be Aaron Rodgers, and it seems like the entire team is behind him. Of course, he has a lot of friends on the team. Josiah DeGuara and A.J. Dillon are good friends of his. They were also drafted in the same draft class, and it just seems to be reiterating over and over again that Jordan Love can do this, one, and two, he has the support of his teammates, which, of course, you like to hear because that wasn't necessarily always the case. Yes, he's had friends on the team, and yes, he's had his supporters, but we just hadn't seen a ton of Jordan Love, and in his second year, there really wasn't a lot of good press coming about Jordan Love. There was a lot of rumors he wasn't playing well in practice, and those rumors have kind of silenced themselves over this past year. With the hiring of Tom Clements, you saw an improvement in Jordan Love. He did really well last year during the preseason. And when he has actually played, it's been a mixed bag. Of course, you have the Chiefs game, which had his first official start. He didn't play that well. But then you had the Eagles game where he came in for a few snaps and he played decently well. Of course, he had that big touchdown to Christian Watson. And so while a lot of the narratives are going to be surrounding Jordan Love and his performance, I'm very curious to see as a whole how how does Matt LaFleur run this team, run this offense, and try to be successful with a young QB? So with all that being said, let's start out with the positives. Where is there room for optimism? Because there are quite a few places. One, let's talk about head coach Matt LaFleur. LaFleur has amassed himself a pretty darn good record, though never really up for coach of the year. And a lot of the reason why is because they had Aaron Rodgers saying Aaron Rodgers was carrying that team. And now this is an opportunity for Matt LaFleur to demonstrate how good of a coach he actually is. There is no more Aaron Rodgers to lean back on. And where the optimism comes from is the 2020 and 2021 season. Of course, the Packers made the NFC Championship game against the Buccaneers in the 2020-2021 season. And then the following year, they were again the number one overall seed in the NFC. And unfortunately, they couldn't get it done. But those two years when Aaron Rodgers won MVP was also when Rodgers really embraced Matt LaFleur's system. And that's in Aaron Rodgers' own words. In the 2019 season, when they went to the NFC Championship game against the 49ers, you had a ton of McCarthy still embedded into the playbook. Because, of course, Rodgers, having been there for over 15 years, that's what he was used to. It wasn't until they drafted Jordan Love that Rodgers goes, okay, embrace that system. And with the help of Matt LaFleur and that scheme, he won back-to-back -back MVPs. So Matt LaFleur does know how to coach. And of course, Matt LaFleur does have his downsides, whether it's decisions on which offensive linemen to start in pivotal games, whether it's not addressing special teams before the divisional game against the 49ers, whether it's still employing Joe Barry. There are plenty of question marks or negatives, but I think that Matt LaFleur overall is a good head coach, and we are about to see how good he actually is. In addition, looking at some other positive, the offensive line. For the most part, the O-line is pretty damn solid. David Bakhtiari was back to his all-pro form last year. He played very well at left tackle, and having a franchise left tackle to protect the blind side of a young QB is pivotal. Now, there are still some question marks on who's going to play potentially right tackle. Is Zach Tom going to go over there? Is that going to be Yash Nyman? We're going to see. But overall, that offensive line is pretty solid. In addition, you have Aaron Jones, who took a pay cut to come back, and A.J. Dillon. That run game should be as good as ever. And again, they might have to lean on it if Jordan Love takes a little while to get acclimated to the NFL, which it would make a lot of sense if it's going to take him a few weeks. Aaron Jones, one of the most dynamic and underrated running backs in the entire league. Not only can he run real well, but also he's a great receiver. And Packers fans have kind of been banging the desk for years because you see what we have in Aaron Jones and how good of a player he is. He is a game changer. Yes, he has some issues with fumbling at times, but for the most part, 
When the ball goes in his hands, good things happen. And then you have A.J. Dillon to back him up who can burst through the line. So I'm hopeful that Matt LaFleur is actually going to utilize his great running backs. And some more room for optimism falls on the defensive side of the ball. Yes, I know the Joe Barry thing. We are going to talk about that. But that defensive line... I'm really excited about it. Preston Smith, of course, going to be there as an edge rusher. Lucas Van Ness, who they drafted in the first round this past year, looks like an athletic monster. Might take him a little bit to get acclimated, but with Rashawn Gary out for at least a little bit, you're going to see a bunch of Lucas Van Ness. On top of that, it's not just the pass rushers, but Kenny Clark holding down the line. And then Devontae Wyatt, who in his limited snaps looked good last season. We should be seeing a much heavier dose of him. We've been wanting someone next to Kenny Clark for years at this point. TJ Slayton, still holding out hope that he's going to be good nose tackle, but the amount of investment that has gone into this defense is pretty damn high, which is why there's so much pressure on this defense. It's why they thought last year that defense was going to be a top 10, top 5 unit. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Now, this year, they have an opportunity to try again, and I gotta be very honest here, if Joe Barry's defense does not perform, I imagine he is going to be out of a job this season. And a little bit more optimism comes with guys like Eric Stokes, who should be able to be back at practice in a few weeks, missed the majority of the season last year with an injury, and Stokes, who had a very good rookie year, we could use his speed in the secondary, so bringing him back is always a positive. And finally, the last little piece of optimism here is the schedule. The schedule for the Green Bay Packers is not bad. No, we can't look at strength of schedule or anything like that, because that changes every year, and that's means absolutely nothing. But I will say for a young QB, this schedule is probably the best you're going to get. There's a bunch of winnable games there. There's a lot of question mark teams that you're going to be facing. Not a ton of amazing quarterbacks, especially in the early stretch. And so I think that this could be a great easing in process and will be a great way to evaluate what we have in Jordan Love. And so those are a few of the positives I see, but let's take a look at the other side. Let's take a look at some of the negatives because there is some room for concern here. First, let's talk about the safety position, or lack thereof. Yes, the Packers addressed it a little bit in the draft. They brought in some free agents, looking at you, Jonathan Owens. But this is still a position of need for the Packers. They are banking on any of those guys that they brought in to really step it up. Darnell Savage, who has had his ups and downs with the Packers, they're going to be banking on him in a contract year for him to perform at a high level. And while this is very obvious, it would just be really helpful if that defense was able to perform up to its expectations. Because again, the investment that's been made on that side of the ball is really, really high. And you saw some glimpses last year when that defense was really good. When Rashawn Gary was there, they were constantly getting pressures on the QB. And that stretch of about five games near the end of the year, they played really well. They were causing turnovers. Can they put it all together this season? I don't know. And that's the other room for concern is Joe Barry. Joe Barry has had a few years to take a crack at this defense, and it hasn't really panned out. When he got hired by Matt LaFleur, there was a lot of head scratching and a lot of, wait, why? We didn't go after a guy like Ajiro Evero and instead brought in a well-known name in Joe Barry who didn't have the greatest track record. And so for some Packers fans, this is the definition of insanity. We're not fixing the problem. Yes, we fixed special teams with Rich Bisaccia, but there's problems still on the defensive side of the ball because at some point they're gonna have to produce and it just seems like we're running in circles year after year after year whether it's the lackluster run defense or whether it's the fact they're not able to get after the quarterback or the fact that they're not freaking playing man coverage and they got freaking outside linebackers like Preston Smith lining up against wide receivers sorry I just really want this defense to be good the point is is that Joe Barry should be on the hot seat 
And as I said before, I think this is the year for him to perform or he's out of there. Then we get to the wide receiver position in which I have a bunch of optimism because Christian Watson showed some amazing flashes. Romeo Dobbs, I'm super excited about. We drafted some promising rookie wide receivers. But let's be very honest here. Between Watson, Dobbs, Wicks, Reed, and Toure, the oldest guy is Toure, who is 25 years old. And this is his second year. We have a young wide receiver core, and I mean real young, not just in age, but also experience. And the fact that they really haven't brought in a veteran wide receiver either means they really trust this wide receiver core, or they're just kind of going out and saying, let's see what we have and evaluate. And that's where there's also a tiny bit of room for concern, but you could, I guess, spin it to be a little optimistic. This is an evaluation year for the Green Bay Packers. It's an evaluation year for their quarterback. It's an evaluation year for their defensive coordinator. And it may be an evaluation year for other people's jobs as well. The Packers are going out there with a young QB, young wide receivers, young tight ends because they haven't re-signed Mercedes Lewis. And with that youth is going to come a ton of growing pains. So do not be surprised if they stumble a bit out of the gate. The question is going to be, is this going to be a team that's going to be hindered by their youth or is it going to be used as a springboard to go, oh man, we got some real talent, they're young, and we have a future with these guys. And that's where there's some room for concern because we just flat out do not know. As I also mentioned before, we drafted two rookie tight ends in Musgrave and Kraft. And while there's a lot of excitement about them, it's going to take a little bit for them to get acclimated. Now you do have Josiah DeGuara. And if you go back and look, Jordan Love, whenever he's played, usually targets Josiah DeGuara. DeGuara, for the most part, has been a bit disappointing considering he had a major injury in his rookie year and then really just hasn't been targeted a lot, whether he's lost the trust of Aaron Rodgers during some games or he's just been used as a blocker. Josiah DeGuara would be my deep, deep sleeper to have a nice season because he may be a favorite target of Jordan Love, whether he's in critical positions to try and get a first down or in the red zone, because again, they're friends off the field, they got drafted together, and he has targeted him in the past. And tight ends are a huge target for young QBs. But again, there is a lack of experience there. I would have really liked if they brought back Mercedes Lewis, not just as a blocker, but as a locker room guy because he was a great presence with the Packers. Now that door isn't completely shut, but we're sitting here in July and Mercedes Lewis still hasn't been signed. And finally, another thing that gives me a little bit of concern is our kicker, Anders Carlson, who coming out of college had some good years, also had some not great years. Mason Crosby was not brought back as well. And so with Carlson, there is some concern that in pivotal moments or just regular extra points, there may be some growing pains there that are actually going to cost the Packers points. Now, I believe in Rich Passaccia a lot, and if there's anybody who's going to raise him up, it is Passaccia, so that's where some of those concerns are alleviated. But if the Packers offense has trouble moving the ball and then they're unable to convert with points because of missed field goals, it could be problematic. So you put all this together, and where are we left? with a bunch of question marks. I can't tell you Jordan Love is going to be good or is going to be bad. I can tell you that sitting behind Aaron Rodgers since 2020 should have only helped his development. I think Tom Clements coming in and staying there and not leaving when Aaron Rodgers left speaks volumes for how much they believe in Jordan Love. I think this team rallying around Jordan is fantastic. And it's really just going to come down to can Jordan Love play in the NFL level? A bunch of his teammates seem to think so, but at the same time, I also would be more concerned if his teammates were not saying that. 
The point that I'm making again is that there's an emphasis on Jordan Love and how he's going to play. However, I would argue that his performance is not going to be as heavily linked to the success of the Green Bay Packers as it has been in the past with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers' success because they don't have a Hall of Fame quarterback to lean on right now. So Matt LaFleur is going to have to lean on other aspects of this team, whether it's going to be short throws, whether it's going to be the run game, whether it's going to be a stingy defense. Other players are going to have to step up. And of course, the concern is there's a lot of youth and inexperience on this team. However, this is also how you cultivate leaders on your team. And if you can get one of these young guys to step up and be a leader on that offense, on that defense, in that locker room, that can go a long way. Because if Jordan Love is even adequate or good, then he at least has the best opportunity to be great. And while I know the minute that he struggles, it's going to start the comparisons to Aaron Rodgers and how he's going to be playing in New York. But at the end of the day, as Rasul Douglas said, Jordan Love does not have to be Aaron Rodgers. And he doesn't have to be Aaron Rodgers to win football games. This team has a lot of talent on it. And it's up to Matt LaFleur to put those guys in the best situations possible to be successful. Because that's what a good coach does. And so this year is similar to the Bears year last year. This is all about evaluation. It's the evaluation of Brian Gutekunst and seeing how he built this team. It's the evaluation of Matt LaFleur and how well he can coach this team. And then it's the evaluation of guys like Joe Barry, Jordan Love, the young wide receivers, Darnell Savage. All of these things are being evaluated and the pressure of having to make the playoffs or winning a Super Bowl this year is just not there. Of course, this team wants to win, and I think that they can win. But at the end of the day, this is the year where Packers fans go, what do we have? And if Jordan Love shows that he can play at a high level, then that is going to set us up for success in the future. And if it doesn't, it'll be interesting to see if the Packers decide to roll with him one more year, or if the Packers are that bad, which is possible, they go out and draft another QB. I don't think they're going to go down that road. I think that they're going to give Jordan Love two full years to see if he is that guy. I think he has to be catastrophically bad for them to do a U-turn here. But I'm not just looking at Jordan Love because I think there are a lot of question marks. And I just hope at the end of the season, we have some answers. So ceiling, I think the Packers could sneak into the wild card. They're in a really weak conference. I think that division is going to be up for grabs. And we'll just see how good those young players are and how good that defense is. Floor, four to six win season. I don't think that's going to happen. I think there's just too many good players on this team. But a lot of it's going to fall to coaching and how good Jordan Love actually is. But let me know what you think down in the comments below. Before we get out of here, I got to do a big shout and thank you to all the new Patreons and YouTube members. I apologize for the delay in this. I went out for 30 and 30 and I just hadn't really done a news episode. And so... Here we go. Over on the Patreon side of things, we have Caden Sunilla. We have Alexandra. We have Zachary Baker. We have Hub. We have Steven. We have Ghost. We have Seth Ish. We have Richie Musgrave. We have Andy Stork. We got Jason. We got Austin. We got LM. And we got Curtis. A big shout out and thank you to you all. And over on the YouTube side of things, join the Grassy Posse Plus. We got Heather. We have Akio Rainbow. We have Bengals Fan. We have Jay Feeney. We have Ronnie. We got Boto. The Mad Marcus. Flying Grayson. Video Gamer. Camden. Brandon. Madeline. Chuck, Dakota, Zachariah, Shelvin, Gene, Joe, Cubs, Tim, JJ, Caleb, Derek, and Chris. A big shout out and thank you to you all. Your support means the world to me. And I just thank you very, very much. But folks, let me know what you think down in the comments below. And it's good to be back. 
You can always send me at TomGrossyComedy.com or TomGrossyComedy also should be a C down below. Check out podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and of course YouTube. And a big shout and thank you to all the patrons over at Patreon.com slash TomGrossyComedy and the YouTube members. But thank you so much for watching. I'm Tom Grassi. And as always, Go Pack Go!